Great stuff. Well, it's really great to see you uh, this morning. My name is Josh Maynard. If you're not sure who I am, I'm the vicar of St. James, and it's great to uh, welcome you here this morning, and uh, good to be joining together as we look at God's Word. Um, we've obviously been focusing on the Ten Commandments, and we're continuing that series this morning. And uh, I want to start, start with a letter that was written by a student to her parents. And uh, this uh, comes in the context of us thinking about uh, the theme of keep peace with your parents. So it says, Dear Mum and Dad, since I left for college, I've been remiss in writing, and I'm sorry for my thought- thoughtlessness in not having written before. I'll bring you up to date. But before you do, please, re- please do sit down. Don't read on unless you are sat down. I'm getting along pretty well now, the skull fracture and concussion that I got when I jumped out of my dormitory window when it caught on fire shortly after my arrival. It is pretty well healed. I only get those sick headaches a couple of times a day. Fortunately, an attendant at the petrol station witnessed the fire in my dorm and and the jump. He ran over, took me to the hospital and continued to visit me there. When I got out of hospital, I had nowhere to live because of the burnt-out conditions of my room, so he kindly invited me to share his basement bedroom flat. He is a great guy. We have fallen deeply in love and are planning to get married. Yes, Mum and Dad, I'm pregnant. And I know how much you are looking forward to being grandparents. I know you will welcome the baby and give it the same tender care and devotion that you gave me when I was a child. I know, however, that you will welcome him into our family with open arms. He is kind, and although not well-educated, he is ambitious. Although he is of a different race and religion than ours, I know that you you often express tolerance will not permit you to be bothered by that. In conclusion, now that I've brought you up to date, I want to tell you that there was no dormitory fire I did not have concussion or a skull fracture. I was not in hospital. I'm not pregnant. I do not have an infection. And there is no boyfriend in my life. However, I have failed my exams and I wanted you to see the results in the proper perspective. (laughs) I don't know how many of you have had a letter like that from your children or uh, maybe children having a letter like that from your parents. I don't know. But today we continue this series on the Ten Commandments, and as I said in previous weeks, the Ten Commandments there are there to empower us to live life uh, in all its fullness. And as we know, children are a good example of that. If we don't set rules, they run riots and they end up harming themselves and harming other people. God sets rules for us to help us to live life in all its fullness. But the reality is actually we cannot live those rules unless we are empowered by God's grace. God's grace equips us to live a life for him. And so this morning from Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, we look at the uh, commandment, honour your father and your mother. We've already talked about marriage and how husband and wife uh, can a fair proof their marriage. Today we have a positive focus on the smallest unit of society, the family. Good families make a healthy society. But how do we honour our father and mother? If our parents' expectations are so out of line, we can 
Can we actually fulfill those expectations? Can we honour them in those? When our parents continually criticise our appearance, our choice of career, our partner, how we raise our children, and how often we call or visit. When our parents begin to decline in health and require more from us than we know how to provide. No matter how strained our relationships are with our parents, or with our children for that matter, we can honour in those situations. So how are we going to look at how to keep peace with your parents? Well, there are a few points that are going to come up now. Thank you, Anita, for getting up so promptly. Apologies, I didn't get it to you earlier. (laughs) I actually handed it to Anita as she did the reading, so she's done a great job. I give give her a round to get up so quickly. (laughs) Thank you, Anita. Um, Honour our parents by accepting them. So Proverbs 23, 22 Listen to your father who gave you life and don't despise your mother's experience when she is old. You know, it's so easy, isn't it, as our parents get older to tune them out. But actually, let's be people that listen to them. God is not asking us to pretend they are perfect. You know, I stand here as a parent and as a son and I know I'm not perfect as a son and I know very well that I'm not perfect as a uh, parent either. Um, but we do need to honour and respect our parents, and we can honour them by accepting them. God is not asking us to pretend they're perfect, but we can accept them. You know, uh, when you go into a court of law and you uh, address a judge, you address them as what? Your honour. It doesn't mean to say we think that judge is perfect, um, but we honour them because of the position that they have, and it's the same with our parents. We honour them for the position that they have as our parents. Secondly, we honour our parents by appreciating them. I think we've got these points coming up. We uh, honour them by appreciating them. Acceptance is saying, I accept you in spite of your negatives. Appreciation says, I respect your positives. And so actually there's something about acknowledging those and stating those. So if you know your parent does something really well, state it, say it to them. You know, I really value uh, the way you do such and such. Parenthood is difficult, it's time-consuming, and it's a demanding uh, responsibility. Parenting is costly, financially. Those of us who've got parents will know that. I can see a few smirks around the room. Uh, a boy was presented, uh, A boy once presented his mother with a bill. It read, hoovering the lounge, one pound. Washing up, one pound. Taking the rubbish out, one pound. Total bill, three pounds. The boy said to his mum, please, can you give me three pounds? And so the mother then gave her son a bill. Washing and ironing all those clothes for ten years, 10,000 pounds. Buying and preparing all your meals, 18,000 pounds. Nursing you day and night for three months when you were sick, 6,000 pounds. Total bill, I love you. (laughs) Let's appreciate our parents. You know, it's a real sacrifice to be a parent. And let's appreciate all that our parents give to us. Point three, honour our parents uh, by affirming them. Honour our parents by affirming them. Proverbs 3.27, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. 
you know, it's really good to acknowledge what our parents do wrong. You know, we're really good, aren't we, at identifying, I was talking about this over the last few weeks, identifying things that aren't going well and criticising and saying, well, you know, if you could just do this or if you could improve on that. But actually, let's really pick up on the things that are positive. You know, I think when we magnify the things that are good, it increases those in the people that we say them to. You know, we can say to our mum, you know, that was really good what you said, or to dad, that was really good what you did. Uh, let's really appreciate and, uh, and affirm them. After they faint after you saying that, they may appreciate what you say. <laughs> now, interestingly, this is the only commandment that does not last a lifetime. You know, we only have a certain amount of time to express this. So let's make the most of the time we have to do this. Point four, and honour our parents by not abandoning them. I think this is a really important one in this, uh, this day and age where there are increased pressures on our time and perhaps distance between where we live and where our parents are. How we juggle uh, an aging parent's uh, ailments and our own busy lives. But again, really important that we express our love and our honour for them by supporting and helping them when they're struggling. There was a woman who lived with her husband and two children in a small hut in a developing country. Her husband's parents became very frail and she had to take them in. Unbearable in desperation, she went to the wise village elder and asked, what should I do? He said, do you have a cow? Yes, she replied, then take the cow in the hut and come and see me in a week's time. A week later, she went back to the village elder. This is unbearable, she said. Do you have any chickens, he said. Yes, six of them. Take them into the hut as well and come and see me in a week. She returned after a week and said, this is utterly unbearable. The wise elder then said, take the cow and the chickens out and come and see me in a week. She returned the following week, joyful and thankful. She exclaimed, it's all relative. Oh, yeah, some people are just getting it now. Um, Point five, a a word to children. The fifth commandment does not say, humor your father and mother. It says, honor your father and mother. Sometimes we can feel it's uh, childish to express uh, affection to our parents. And sometimes we can avoid that expression of, uh, of affection to our parents. But they are human beings. They desire uh, that affection from us. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 says, children, obey your parents for this is the right thing to do. I don't know about you, but when I was younger, I was uh, an expert uh, in, uh, in uh, statistics. Everyone else is allowed to. It's usually based on the survey of one, my own uh, experience where there's a sense in which we can articulate that we know everything. But there's a great, great quote from Mark Twain who says, When I was 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly bear him. But by the time I was 21, I was amazed to see how much he'd learned in seven years. And I don't know about you, but I actually I recollect that. I really do recollect, you know, kind of being a, an older teen and thinking, I know it all, you know, I've got it all here. And then then discovering, wow, my dad's got all this knowledge. And, uh, and, and there's that sense for us as, uh, as children, uh, whether our children are, uh, whether, whether we're uh, children who are sort of uh, under, underage or whether we're adult children, that we can honour our parents in what they know. 
Jesus was uh, the only child who did actually know it all, but he still was able to honour his father and his mother. Point six, uh, a word to parents. Uh, This commandment works both ways. Yes, it says that children have a duty to honour their parents, but parents should also be worthy of that honour. You know, we need to earn that honour of our children. Our children should really respect and honour parents, irrespective, but we as parents need to honour, we need to earn that honour. There was some children shouting, and the mother went in and asked, what are you quarrelling about? And they replied, we're not quarrelling, we're just playing mummy and daddy. One of the best ways to correct good behaviour in our children and help our children to grow is to set a good example. You know, life is better caught than it is taught. Behaviours are better caught than they are taught. We can say lots of things, but if our actions betray that, our children pick up on that very quickly. So who is our model for parenting Well, ultimately, who is the greatest parent of all? It is, of course, God himself. We're going to be singing a song um, in our ministry time in a moment, uh, Good, Good Father. And I just want to reiterate what Johnny has said. Just really want you to really uh, take that opportunity to really engage with God as we wait on him, just to receive the Father's love. But also, if there are things in our life that we need to bring before him, to offer those uh, to him. But God the Father is the greatest example of, of all for our parenting. And so how does God treat us? We're going to now move on to the next slide. How does God treat us? Well, the first thing that he does is that he listens to us. Psalm 145 verse 18 says, God is close to all who call on his name. God is close to all who call on his name. He listens to us. And this is so often in contrast uh, to ourselves, you know, I find myself sometimes at the dinner table, kind of after a, a day's work, kind of zoning out. And uh, my, kid, my one of my children has called my name three times, and I haven't quite heard it. And uh, and then one of them says, "Daddy, stop daydreaming. Listen to us." And and there's this encouragement actually for us to be people who listen to our children and attentive to them. Point two: God understands us. God is a God who understands. A common complaint children have about their parents is they don't understand me. Proverbs 24 verse 3 says, Homes are built on the foundation of wisdom and understanding. You know, a carpenter works with the grain, not against the grain. The proof that we understand our children is that we are, that we are patient with them. You know, those of us particularly who have smaller children will know that we can so easily get wound up by our children. Those who've got teenagers will know that you get wound up. And actually, those who've got adult children will know that your children can wind you up at times. So how do we uh, engender that sense of love? Well, it's through part of the, the fruit of the Spirit. It's patience. You know, an exasperated father once says, when Winston Churchill was your age, he said this to his child, he worked hard all day and studied his books all night. The teenage son responded, yes, and when he was your age, he was prime minister. Sometimes we can put on our children such high expectations that actually we undermine our own parenting because actually we're all imperfect. We all get it wrong. Children, uh, particularly, are growing. They're learning. We need to affirm them 
and help them to grow. Two of the, th- the best things that we can give our children are roots and wings. Are we perfect? No, but God accepts us by his grace. He has extended his grace to us. You know, sometimes uh, as parents, we can almost reject our children because of their behavior. Or at least that's what we can express. And tragic story of one mother who sent her son a Valentine card with a heart and a dagger stuck through it with the words, look what you're doing to me. How manipulative is that as a parent? But it's so easy for all of us to, to fall into that habit of making comments or saying words that destroy rather than build up. We need to demonstrate honesty. We mustn't imply perfection uh, when we are not perfect. None of us are perfect. We all get it wrong. And uh, we need to keep our promises. You know, if we say, oh, we'll take you to the park later, we need to take our kids to the park later. Uh, Bitterness in families is often caused by broken promises. Point three, God loves us. You know, in 1 John we read, God is love, and God extends that love to all of us. The Bible is full of God's uh, love for his children. We see uh, this love expressed through affection, through affirmation, and through attention. I wonder how often do we just sit with our children with no agenda, just giving them the time they need to express their love and to express what they want to say. Statistics say that most parents spend less than 15 minutes a week in conversation uh, with their children. You know, we're invited to enjoy our children and spend time with them. And uh, maybe you're here this morning thinking, I don't have children, or maybe my children have, have left home. But, you know, actually be thinking about how, when you are a parent, if you're not a parent yet, and you will be, think about how you can really cultivate uh, a life that is modelled on the love of God the Father. And uh, if you are a parent and your children have left, well, maybe for your adult children, how you express that love to them, but also uh, grandchildren, if you have them in the future as well. Point four is God disciplines his children. I think this is a really pertinent one for today, where um, I think sometimes discipline is a bit on the wane. And uh, we are called as parents to put boundaries in place for our children so they grow strong, so they have a strong value system. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 6 says, the Lord disciplines those he loves. God disciplines those he loves. It is a sign of God's love when we are disciplined. There's a great passage in Hebrews that talks about this, and often we see discipline as a negative thing, but it's a really positive thing. It builds security, and it demonstrates love. Proverbs 13, 24 says, if you refuse to discipline your children, it proves that you don't love them. Very strong words. Disciplining our children tells them that we care uh, about how they act. Three things that we should give to our children. Life, love, and laughter. Three rules we should have for our home. Be fair, be firm, and be fun. So uh, a word to, uh, to those of us uh, who, who uh, don't have parents. Psalm 27 verse 10 says, even if, even if my father and mother abandon me, God will hold me close. 
John 14, 18, Jesus says, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. God love longs to comfort and heal us. You know, many of us may have had uh, difficult experiences with our parents maybe growing up, um, that there was pain, maybe bitterness. Um, for some of us may have had really good relationships with our parents, but nonetheless, there are wounds from the past. And uh, God says to us, you know, come to me. I want to give you my healing. And for some of us here this morning, perhaps our parents have passed on and there are uh, difficult memories of our parents. Many of us will have really positive ones, but also there will be difficult uh, memories there. And maybe there's a reluctance in us to forgive. And God wants to invite us this morning to lay those things uh, before him. And I, I sense there may be other things that people may want to forgive this morning as well, but particularly um, focus on uh, parents. And some of you may remember me talking about forgiveness early in the year when we were doing the one and others. And I don't know if you remember, but I talked about three things that we really need to do when we forgive. The first is to recognize the sin, to name the sin. You know, sometimes you've got kind of a feeling of bitterness to someone, but you can't quite tangibly define what it is. And I really encourage you to define what is the sin that someone has committed against you, maybe your parent. And then secondly, to name the person who has brought that sin against you. So who is it that has perpetrated that sin against you? Because actually, if we don't acknowledge what it is and who it's done, we cannot offer true forgiveness. And then the third thing that we're called to offer is to offer forgiveness from the heart. Not just to kind of throw away some words and say, oh yeah, I forgive you. It's all done and dusted. If we do that, you know, that bitterness will remain and we'll still struggle in that relationship. But we are called to forgive from the heart. We're called to offer that love and that grace that God offers to us as well. Romans chapter 12 and verse 18 says, Do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as it depends on you. You know, we all experience those times in life where relationships are fractured and where they're broken. And we have a duty, we have a call as Christians to do everything in our power to restore those relationships. That's not always easy. In fact, it's easier to push things aside and say, actually, I'm not going to pursue this. I'm just going to leave this to one side. It's much harder to actually seek reconciliation. And so I want to challenge us this morning. Can we be a church at St. James that is defined by a people who sit under God's grace, who extend forgiveness to one another, and who seek reconciliation even when it's a hard thing to do? You know, I'm not going to say, are we up for this? Because actually this is something that can't be hyped. It's something that needs to come from deep in our hearts. But I want to invite and challenge us to be a community that is uh, identified as a community under grace that extends forgiveness and seeks reconciliation, that identifies and is willing to declare when we get it wrong, is willing to say sorry. You know, 2,000 years ago, a father gave, gave up his son so that we can be adopted into the family of God. He wants you to know that whatever you, your experience of family, he will be the perfect parent. God loves each one of us as if we are one of us. Jesus told three stories, three parables together in Luke's gospel. The lost sheep, 
the lost coin, and the lost son. There were a hundred sheep, there was one lost. There were ten coins, there was one lost. There were two sons, there was one lost. As Jesus tells these stories, the stakes get higher. First it's one percent, one sheep in a hundred. Then it's ten percent, one coin in ten. And then it's fifty percent that is lost. One out of two sons. The sheep is sought and found. The coin has to be sought and found. But the son cannot be sought. The son must return. The reality is that we have all, to a greater or lesser extent, rebelled against God. There are only two classes of human being. Those who are currently prodigals or those who were prodigals. We've either all been prodigals, all of us have been estranged from God because of our sin, uh, or we were that. And so we must not get self-righteous. We must not think, oh, we've got it all sorted because actually we've got God now, so we're okay, so we can judge others. Actually, everyone uh, is either a prodigal or has been a prodigal. And this morning, there will be people who need to know God as Father, that actually perhaps your parents haven't been the best role models. Perhaps it's been really hard to honor them. And God wants to say this morning, I love you. I am the good, good Father. I am the one who loves you and cares for you. Perhaps this morning, you have an unresolved issue with one of your parents. And maybe it's something that's happened in the last week and it's a, it's a minor thing but nonetheless good to work it through. Or maybe it's something from a long, long time ago and it's left an open wound, maybe even with the parent who's passed on. And God just wants you to experience his healing this morning. Maybe for some of us who are, our parents are struggling with parenting. You know, we're just finding it relentless. We're finding it um, a burden. We're finding it really difficult. Again, God wants to come to us and he wants to empower us this morning. Perhaps some of us even feel that we've failed at parenting. Again, God wants to come to us. Do we have rebellious children or maybe a prodigal child, a child that has walked away from God and that grieves us and we struggle with that? Again, let's bring all that before God this morning. God wants to bring his healing, he wants to bring his love, and he wants to bring his forgiveness on us.